0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back, yes indeed, you know what it is, another day, another week, another episode of Black Broadway Podcast, The Core Report, Black Broadway presents The Core Report. We are back once again in the house, and you know what we're doing? We are doing the news, man. We got so many stories coming from all over the world today, and it is up. As we've all seen, I don't know if everybody's been keeping up with the breaking news, but the breaking news is that we have a race. Uh... It's going to be Biden-Harris versus Trump-Pence in November. We're going to talk about all of that, what the implications of that are. We're going to talk about a lot of things related to that. Of course, we got to get into Lebanon. we got to talk about that. We kind of glossed over that yesterday. Whole government stepped down. What does that mean? We'll get into that a little bit later. College football. College football is done. These guys... We're, we out, we're not playing, gang, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Hey, what up, B? What's cracking? All the way from Houston, you know what it is, H-Town, checking in, man. You know the news town, is cracking, man. Portland, Oregon, and everything else going on with protests, international news. Of course, we got a couple of things cracking in D.C. y'all need to know about, and uh, it's up, as I say. So let's go ahead and get right into it with something that we left off of the broadcast yesterday, but we got to go ahead and touch on, seriously. Lebanon. Beirut, home of the horrific explosion few days ago on the port of Beirut, hundreds killed, thousands injured. Country was already in an economic freefall due to their mishandling COVID and just general corruption. A lot of countries been dealing with that. That's an issue. Corruption all across the world, and the people have been tired of it. In the wake of this blast, there have been protests in the street. People have been going crazy. The whole government stepped down, literally the prime minister, Hassan Diab, and his whole entire cabinet stepped down from the governance of Lebanon. Lebanon has a, a president as well as a prime minister, so I don't know exactly what that means in regards to the leadership of this country, but the Lebanese president, his name is Michael Anoun, he asked Hassan Diab to stay on as a caretaker until they can put together a whole entire new cabinet. And I'm just like, bro, can, can we have some of that? <laughs> can we get some of that over here? Can we get a whole entire government to resign, to just step away? Because obviously things have not been going well. And I'm telling you, all of these worldwide protests, they're just harbingers. They're just beacons of things to come. They're visions of things to come, man. So that's the... The first story I definitely had to touch on today. But on the home front, the U.S. government, it's going crazy over here, man. Again, we're like we used to be this, quote unquote, according to Reagan, shining city on the hill. And we were just the beacon of world democracy all over. And that's what we were about. At the end of the day, we are failing miserably in that regard. The coronavirus relief bill that's supposed to bail out and save millions of Americans right now is stalled in Congress. Stimulus checks are officially not coming anytime soon. Again, like I say, yo, I was wrong. I swore that this deal was going to get made. This deal has been officially unmade. Right now we're saying these stimmy checks are not coming. They're are no negotiations forthcoming in order to make sure that Americans get some relief within the upcoming weeks. So look, this back to school thing, these tax-free holidays that cities and states are having, I don't know where they think the money is coming from that people are going to be spending in these, you know, free-for-alls. I don't think I don't know where they t- think the stimulation for the economy is going to come from, but it's certainly not coming from government and their response to this coronavirus. As I said, man, Biden picked his running mate. He has picked Kamala Harris now, and now we're we're here. We're having an election. This is what's going on with the election. But in order to vote, in order to vote, just so you guys are aware, mail-in ballots now require fifty-five cents postage. You know what I mean? That was the original rate was twenty cent bulk rate, mail, regular. I believe that's like one stamp or something like that. I think a stamp is 20 cents. I don't know how much stamps are. All I know is 55 cents is the new rate. So again, it costs money to vote. You're not supposed to have prices attached to voting, especially when you start talking about the post office and how inconvenient and sometimes downright impossible it is to stand in a line in the post office and get stamps. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on. At the end of the day, the post office is being dismantled, y'all. You have to pay attention to that. The person who is the postmaster general right now, his name is Louis DeJoy. He was a major Trump donor. Not only is he a major Trump donor, not only is he a postmaster general with zero postal experience, but he owns between thirty and seventy-five million dollars in stocks of the opposition companies to the postal service, meaning U.S. Uh, UPS, um, FedEx, LaserShip. You know what I'm saying? DHL. This man owes between thirty and seventy-five million dollars in stock options. In these companies so I don't know if it's really in his best interest to see the Postal Service succeed he might actually be the first person in charge of a national institution who it would actually be in more in his interest to see this institution fail than it would be to see it succeed from a business standpoint that's crazy that's a little something maybe everybody should be aware of there you know what I'm saying also in these postal ballots that we all going to be receiving In the fact that we're all going to be, you know, hopefully going out here and voting for Trump-Harris, I mean, pardon me, Biden-Harris ticket, make sure your postmarks are correct. Postmarks are a very major issue. Postmarks were a very major issue in the New York state elections that just passed. That's what led to this six-week delay in um, processing the ballots, et cetera, et cetera. You just want to make it so it's, as few excuses as possible. And I know black folks, we still planning to go outside and vote. Corona or no corona? Yo, what'd you say to that? If that's not illegal, I don't know what is. This guy is literally installed one of his friends into the postal service and he is picking it apart piece by piece. Listen, if the. Oh, I love that analysis. If the dollar dies before the election, we are screwed. Absolutely. If money, if, if currency, if there's some devaluation, drastic inflation or whatever within the American economy right in front of November, right at the end of October, we are screwed. And this is just the economic, this is the wages of waging political wars. This is how much political wars cost. There's also, you know, speaking of money and speaking of, you know, this whole entire process still playing out as if it was a normal year. I think we're all aware now that the um, the conventions will be held virtually. 45 has narrowed down two locations where he's going to uh, accept the Republican nomination for the presidency this year. One of the locations is, as we discussed earlier, the White House, as if you could just could proclaim yourself a dictator. We're fighting over this house here. We're having an election over who can live in this house. So you can't accept our nomination to live in this house from this house of which you are a temporary resident. That's retarded. Like we're going to stop that. Anyway, his second choice is even more ridiculous. And from a symbolic standpoint, his second choice is Gettysburg. He wants to accept the Republican nomination at Gettysburg, battlefield, which is ridiculous because most of the people who are aligned with him are aligned with the cause of the rebels, and Gettysburg is one of the seeds of one of their most gruesome beatings, one of their most gruesome slaughters, you know what I'm saying? A person who they love to disassociate themselves from but attach themselves to whatever is convenient, the Republican President Abraham Lincoln also gave his famous Gettysburg Address from this battlefield. And, I mean, it just seems like a very inappropriate and inopportune place for this particular president to be accepting the Republican nomination. But, hey, things are different. It's COVID-19. You got to figure it out. You got to make the best of it. But the DNC convention, among all of the people who are scheduled to speak at the Democrats convention, one person is kind of notably left out, man. They're not trying to let my guy Yang speak. And I don't like that, man. Let my man Yang, $1,000, one grand in the bank, Yang, let that man talk, man. He's, he's got some ideas. I think Yang should be able to speak. There's a petition online right now circulating to uh, let Yang speak on uh, the DNC platform. Look, I will go ahead and sign it. I think you all should go ahead and sign it. Check that out, man. But, like, back to this Biden and uh, Kamala news Man, I think that's great, but I think we can all agree that, you know, one particular aspect of this is really great. We're going to get to see Joe Biden, or pardon me, Kamala Harris absolutely destroy Mike Pence in whatever form of debate they have. That's going to be great. I really, really am looking forward to seeing that. Mike Pence is the epitome of beta male energy and is going to definitely walk all over this guy and make him look ridiculous in front of the whole entire world because he's a bootlicker. That's all he's good for is bootlicking for Trump anyway. So when he has to be challenged in another way, when he has to be challenged by another intelligent politician, he doesn't say the farewell. So we'll see how this whole thing plays out, man. It's going to be interesting, like I said, what it is, what it is. But meanwhile, protests do not stop. Protests continue to boom all across the country. We talked about this yesterday briefly, but we can touch on it a little bit more in a little bit more detail today. Chicago entered its second day of you know, enhanced security measures. I don't want to call it a lockdown. I'll just call it enhanced security measures, especially in downtown Chicago, which is undergoing a cleanup as well, due to being overrun by hundreds of looters. We're not going to call them protesters. I'm not going to attach that to that. We're going to call these people what they are. They were looters. They were interested in looting. Hey, I'm going to call it redistributing the wealth. But whatever you want to call it, you can call it that. Redistributing the wealth down there on the Magnificent Mile in Chicago or Michigan Avenue. And I like what they went and did, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's what happened out there. That's what went down. However, due to this, you know, uprising, this violence, this disorder, uh, Chicago pro- arrested hundreds of protesters, and today there was a rally held at the uh, what is it South Loop South Loop Police Station, where a lot of the people who were involved in the looting were held. And even though it was organized by people who were specifically organizing for social justice issues, etc., etc. A lot of them feel how I feel. Look, hey, they can take whatever they want to take. They can have whatever they want to have because this is about redistributing wealth and this is about people expressing their anger with the system in whatever way that they feel so. Even if that's not an opportunity for something that they would have taken, that does bring um, attention back onto the cause in whatever way. And it's weird because they had stopped covering the protest in Chicago ad nauseum as soon as the quote-unquote violence died down. But now we got looting in Tesla stores. Yeah, we got all of that footage right up front. CNN was right there, you know what I'm saying? Got reporters on the scene, all of that. It's clownery, and we see it coming down. But the story is very interesting because the Chicago Police Department story is a whole other thing from what the narrative that the that the protesters and the organizers of any organized protest are saying happened they're saying that a young man named Latrell Allen shot at them Latrell Allen 20 years old now according to the protesters there was a young man who was involved in a police shooting that was 15 the chicago police tell a story of a young man named Latrell Allen 20 years old who allegedly shot at them they shot him now he's hospitalized and under arrest charged with attempted murder they didn't say he shot anybody they say he shot at them they shot him he's in the hospital and he's charged with attempted murder okay i don't know that the math doesn't really math for me especially on the charges side of things but we shall see how this entire thing plays out you know the police are known to lie about things right i mean. Every now and again, the police make one up. So we shall see how it goes down. You know what I mean? But either way, there was a a visceral and massive reaction in the streets of Chicago and it provoked some, some action, some immediate response. And again, this can only be Worse, It can only be more dangerous with the addition of more troops, with the addition of more armed people in this conflict. In Portland, Oregon, 16 arrests were made on Monday as the continued protests go on in Portland. This is something like day 70-something in Portland, Oregon. People are going wild out there. It's not—it's never going to end. And it's interesting because there's been, you know, pieces written and conversations had about the— the difficulty for some African-Americans to have their voices heard in these protests. They feel like a lot of times these things turn into opportunities for white organizers or people who have a litany of issues to get out here and organize their people. And then kind of like the the, the cry of social justice for black people gets drowned out in it, especially in a majority white environment like Portland, Oregon. But 16 people were arrested in Portland, and among those 16 people arrested was a young lady named Demetria Harris. And if you keep up with the news or keep up with current events, Demetria Harris was a victim of a vicious assault on a train in Portland, Oregon, like three years ago by uh, a self-proclaimed white nationalist, racist, wild, crazy shit. You know, it was a crazy story. Look it up. Demetria Harris. But she was one of the 16 people arrested in this uh portland oregon um protest another crazy action that happened right here in the hometown was during 45's daily uh anyway as i was saying like i said man yo you can't stop the news listen the news will not be silenced man the people gonna get this information like i said in our hometown right in our backyard in dc proper On 17th and L, yesterday, there was a police-involved shooting during 45's whole BS presser where he talked a lot of bullshit for unlimited amounts of minutes. You know what I'm saying? We noticed him something very rare for the Secret Service to interrupt him as he was speaking, walk into the room, escort him out of the room, and then he came back, you know, 20-some-odd minutes later as as if nothing ever happened. During that course, a lot happened. Here's what the police and the Washington Post report happened. A 51-year-old man was shot by the Secret Service right there on 17th and Penn during the presser. Officials and officers claim that this 51-year-old man came up to them, reached into whatever garment he was wearing. I don't know what the fuck he could have been wearing. It was hot as hell yesterday. Reached into his garment... And, pull, and, and got into a shooting stance. <laughs> Again, ridiculous shit. Got into a shooting stance and pointed at the officers. They shot him. They didn't kill him, apparently. He's hospitalized. They say he was moving aggressively in their direction, and he was ultimately found to be unarmed. That's what happened yesterday during the press conference while 45 was being rushed out of the room. The White House was not under siege. There was no incident of any danger. But it just makes you wonder what kind of responses warrant these kind of responses or what kind of situations warrant these kind of responses from the White House. And is this is there a lot more to it than what we are being told? Again, nobody even got to that back to that story. After that happened, everybody was just like, "Okay, whatever. Hey, Mr. President, what about coronavirus? Nobody asked him, yo, why the hell were you actually removed from the room? for a 51-year-old man who allegedly came and ran down in a shooting stance towards the Secret Service. And why are you just letting off guns on the corner of 17th and Pennsylvania? I mean, when did that become standard operating procedure? I haven't seen I haven't seen or heard of a lot of guns being let off on the corners of 17th and Pennsylvania in my entire life as a Washingtonian. But I tell you what is going off on 17th and Pennsylvania tonight. Big shout outs to the Occupy DC crew and especially my boy Mahadi Lawal on Black Lives Matter Plaza right now tonight starting at 8 p.m. they're showing Raul Peck's film about James Baldwin called I Am Not Your Negro. I've mentioned this before on the show. It's one of my Favorite, favorite films. It's on Netflix right now, so you can watch it with your people. You can get together and watch it tonight if you can't make it down to 16th and Penn or 16th and K, right down there, Black Lives Matter Plaza. I think that's a great revolutionary action right there yo shout out to my man julius soft shoe raps checking in live from the west coast man you know what time it is bro hey man it's real out here man i think that that's a great revolutionary action again the biggest thing they don't want us to do is organize around some principles and have some education It's crazy. You know what I mean? It's about moving, yo. Hey, what you say? You watched it again a couple of days ago. I really want to watch it again today myself, man. I really do. Man, you went to the premiere and the Q&A out there. Oh, man, that's great. I remember they were having those around that film when it came out because it was such a great piece of work. And Raul Peck is such a master at his craft and in his cinematography, man. Yo, we got to move together as a unit. When we're doing actions like that, that's where it takes, that's when we take it up, up, you know what I mean, so I'm really proud of them for putting that together, it's a beautiful August night for it, man, I think that's great, man, for real, like, again, the worldwide protest movement is not stopping either, gang, listen, one of my favorite stories, and I've covered it several times on this show, Belarus, the Belarusian revolution is on and cracking right now, Lutashenko, I like saying that name, too, for some reason. President Lutashenko, he's out here. He sounds like like a supervillain or something, right? Lutashenko. Anyway, this dude is a supervillain. He's been running the government with an iron fist for the past 26 years. Excuse me. They just had a super rigged election out there in Belarus, and the people are not having it. Unfortunately, the opposition candidate, who is already a replacement opposition candidate because her husband, who was the original candidate, was jailed unfairly for just dissension and trumped up charges, she's had to flee to Lithuania. She's been forced to flee all the way to Lithuania. Still talking, popping off all the way. Quotes from her if you want to go to democracynow.org and hear that. It's crazy. But the government is now ramping up attacks on journalists. And like I say, when I talk to you about these international stories, the biggest thing is that this is shit that's going to happen here real soon. And I'm on the other side of this, which is nuts to me as a journalist. Like, they are trumping up charges on all kinds of journalists all over the world. And in Belarus, there's one particular gentleman who was a former Sanders and Obama campaign aide. I believe he's Belarusian or he's Eastern European. And he's in jail right now. U.S. is not helping to get him out. They are not supporting any of these dissidents. Again, they're doing that shit in Hong Kong, too, man. Craziness. You can get locked up out here fighting the power if you want. Nobody's coming to save you. Internationally, it's a whole ball of confusion, always crazy. 45 is actually talking about keeping Americans, card-carrying citizens, social security-having Americans from coming back if they're suspected of being COVID-19 positive. You know what this is specifically targeted for, the people who are the transients who come back and forth across the southern border Every day for a variety of reasons, for work, for medical care, for school, for whatever the case may be. Trump is officially trying to seal any loopholes at the southern border, and he's trying to use COVID-19 as the glue. So now, even if you're a citizen, if you're attempting to come back into the country and you're used to doing that on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, might be curtains for that. So uh, be very careful with that, gang. You know what I'm saying, especially my people's just moving and operating south of the border. ICE ICE is being pressed out by all kinds of different justice organizations, ACLU, all types of different watchdogs to free more detainees. It's too many people locked up in these detention centers in Alamogordo and Mesa and all of these places in the, you know in the Southwest, and it's unsafe. People are dying. There's a Mexican man in particular who's been incarcerated for a long time. He's led several hunger strikes. He has uh, symptoms of schizophrenia. His whole family is moving for him to be moved because this shit is just unreasonable. It's, It's what amounts to cruel and unusual punishment. And the family of a South Korean man, 74 years old. This man was 74 years old, locked up in Mesa Verde ICE Immigration Detention Center, and he died. The family wants an investigation like this was totally preventable. First of all, there's no reason for a South Korean man at 74 years old to be detained as if he's some type of criminal for wanting to live or be in the United States of America, the richest country in the history of the world. But that's that mythology that we got pushed through in order to realize what this country actually is, which is probably the most calculatingly cruel country in the history of the world. If that equals wealth, so be it. But what we really are great at and what we have really excelled at through the history of this country is calculating cruelty and ac- executing it at the highest and most efficient scale possible. So that's what we're all about out here, man. You know what I mean? Internationally, they're trying to mock our play. Brazil, Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro is allowing the out-of-control Amazon fires to continue to burn. He's been selling acres and acres and hectares of the Amazonian rainforest to loggers and miners and ranchers for the past several years. So these Amazonian wildfires, which a lot of people who know the environment know that we refer to the Amazon as the lungs of the earth, that's the, that's the world's lungs, that's what all our trees, or the heaviest concentration of our trees are, which processes all the CO2, and turns it into oxygen, which we need to fucking live, so it's really not a good idea to allow the Amazonian rainforest to be destroyed, but people don't care, so you know what I'm saying, I'm just here to report the news, if you care about any of these things, I would suggest anybody that listens to this. If you care about this stuff, get out here and seek more information. Become an activist. Become inspired by the information that you hear. You know what I'm saying? Don't just take it in and just say, oh, that's fucked up. You mm, know, Go smoke a blunt. Yo, become inspired. Become an activist. And that's why we do all this information. That's why we send out this information, man. Yo, these people are wicked, man. We gotta fight against them once one by one, dozen by dozen, million by million, man. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> these guys, they guys let the they let the earth's lungs, man, shy. You said it. These people are sick. Yo, they let the earth's lungs burn, but they go out here and they try to buy stocks and masks and try to get us to Spend more money on N95s and so on and so forth. It's out of control. But as we're talking about the results of that, not just only COVID, but things that are really very, very, very tangible. An ice shelf in the Canadian, in the Canadian Arctic today, an ice shelf the size of Manhattan was displaced. It collapsed in the Canadian Arctic today. So result of this Canadian Arctic summer being nine whole degrees higher than the 30-year-old, the 30-year average this summer. This summer has been nine whole entire degrees on average higher than any summer over this 30-year average that they've been recording. And if you know that if they've, nine degrees is the average, you know they hit several days where they cracked 10, 12, 13, 14. It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. And this is what is happening to our environment. You know what I mean? These are real life things, tangible shit that you can like actually touch. But, again, like I said, nobody seems to care. So, you know, we got to move on to shit that people really, really, really care about apparently, which is football. Shout out to football, man. I love football. I love college football. It's cool. You know what I mean? I enjoy, I especially enjoy my team, my HBCUs and all of that. But uh, Big Ten says we out, bro. No fall sports at all. The Big Ten, which includes the University of Maryland, Ohio, Michigan, Huge money games. These teams have stadiums that are bigger than the enti- than any stadium within the NFL. The horseshoe in uh, Ohio State holds more people than any NFL stadium. It's crazy how much in commerce and how much import to just people's lives college football brings. And all the congressmen, the president himself, so many people who are involved in the media and all of that are up in arms about this decision. They just feel like it's wrong. It's that you're just killing the America. This is what's going to lead to America's economic downfall. I'm like, relax, relax. They're really mad that they can't make these young men play football. They want to make these kids go out here and risk their life for little to no reward. And then there's a whole nother cotier of kids who want to go out there and play and they have no idea that there's zero benefit in this for them. They even unionizing to what extent? To get what? A share of the profits? The billions of dollars that college football brings in? You're right, kid. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's a very dirty game out here and they do not give a shit at all. The Power Five, which is Pac-10, Pac-12, SEC, uh, I can't remember the other ones, but they're all scheduled to, I guess, meet up and decide how they're going to go with this because if they, if the PAC, if the Big Ten isn't playing, you can't have an FBS. You know, you can't have any of these sporting events continue and go on unless there's full participation or at least full sanctioning of it. And we haven't even started to deal with the reality of having fans, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that's sports. Again, That keeps everybody occupied. That keeps people caring about something that they, you know, that's much less consequential than, let's say, Canadian ice shelves collapsing. I understand. Hey, we all need our escapes, man. But uh, in D.C., man, one of the escapes, and I'm noticing this now, I think it's really starting to dawn on me, college is not happening around here, man. And that's wild because this particular town is driven by the transience and the presence Every fall, the reliable influx of new people, new workers, new students, new teachers, just everybody's coming to D.C. starting in the fall to get their whole new life started. And that is not happening this year. And it is very, very noticeable. It's a very noticeable vibe in the streets. University of Maryland just now announced today that they're going to delay in-person classes until at least September 14th, whereas Howard... GW, Georgetown, several other local universities have already announced their plans to go fully online until there's a better solution at hand for this COVID-19 crisis. 2,000 people were expected to move into the dorms at Howard University this fall. That's not happening. Georgia Avenue is missing those 2,000 motherfuckers. I can tell you that, like visibly, when you go driving through downtown Washington, D.C., you're not going to see the influx of traffic and movement that's associated with people moving back into GW, moving back into Georgetown University, all of these places. This is going to have a devastating impact on the economy of several towns. And if it's like this in D.C., which is a, the nation's capital, an international city, and I can only imagine what's cracking off in like, you know, Notre Dame or what's cracking in the town that the University of Ohio is in or town that, you know, in Tallahassee, Florida, you know what I mean? That's It's just a very different kind of energy right now. So I can understand why there are so many different hidden agendas for them wanting to open up these colleges and open up these schools. But you see what's happening in elementary schools. You see what's happening locally, not just locally with elementary schools and middle schools, but nationally with high schools and, you know, all of the older kids. The transmission rates are too high. The amount of people that can actually become infected is just too high to fuck around. That's it. If it wasn't the level of community spread that it is, if people weren't testing positive here and there and everywhere, then you perhaps could have a case. But, This whole entire thing is just like trying to spin a square peg in a round hole. Like you just keep on trying to bang it and you keep on trying to tell me that it makes sense. And I know it doesn't make sense. So, you know what I'm saying? That's what's happening out here in the the local area. Again, school is our biggest, biggest concern right now, man. Education, getting people back into the groove of educating themselves, reading, learning, learning. You know, getting our children back into routine, so on and so forth, man. There's a lot of options out here, man. There's a lot of online schooling going down. Yo, big shout-outs to Geronimo Knows for checking in. I know you've been spending a lot of this quarantine educating yourself, getting your ducks in a row, and so on and so forth. We're doing the same over here. Big shout-out to my wife for putting together and launching Ruby's Notes. You're going to hear a lot about that in weeks to come. Ruby's notes. Just put that in the back of your mind. Put that in your little mental Rolodex and know that you know we're coming up with some solutions here, man. And as I said, you know, consistency is one thing, growth is another. We keep in we're, we're loving the consistency. We appreciate everyone acknowledging the consistency, but the goal on the other side of this thing and the goal Moving forward is growth, man, so be on the lookout for some big things, some new things coming from uh, Black Broadway Podcast, coming from The Core Report, lots of offerings and products and, and, you know, graphics and things, you know, it's just work because it's about growth. So, you know, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the love. We appreciate y'all, as always, for rocking with us and throwing these headlines, man. More news to come. Obviously, the news week is not slowing up. So, you know, I want you all to remember as we go on, things work out the best for the vote to make the best of the way that things work out. And look, Instagram tried to silence the, silence the movement, man. They can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? They maybe lose the first half of the show, but it's okay because I got it. All recorded here. So remember to follow us and check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Bullhorn, anywhere you stream podcast content from. Always get on IGTV and check us out at Black Broadway. And yo, the platforms are growing. The work is coming. Things work out the best for those to make the best of the way that things work out. It's Black Broadway Podcast. Peace. Yes, sir.